Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Beyond the, Beyond the Headlines, this is World Insight. On today's World Insight, an exchange of civilization, legacy, and wisdom at this year's Nishan Forum as we pick the brains of diplomats and scholars. In the panel, Jose Francisco Diaz, a minister of the Embassy of Colombia to China, Gary Kaikashitiku, a counselor of the Embassy of Zimbabwe to China, Stelios Virvidakis from the Department of History of the University of Athens, Helvig Schmidt Blinzer, a sinologist and director of the China Center in Tübingen, Germany, Demetras Fendoni Menzo from the Department of Philosophy of the Aristotle University of Thessaloniki, Greece, and Mohsen Mohamed Abuzain, the Vice Dean of the School of Antiquities, Cairo University. Hello, I'm Ken Wei, and welcome to World Insight. I'm in Qifu, the hometown of Confucius, one of the most celebrated iconic philosophers in Chinese history. His teachings underpin East Asian culture. Confucian thought has been embedded in these societies' genes. So we dive into Confucian legacy with one of his most popular sayings, there must be a teacher in the company of three. One could see both the earnestness to learn and the meanings of learning. Mutual learning is indeed crucial among civilizations. Well, here in Qifu, I met fascinating scholars and thinkers from all over the world. They are quite enthusiastic about nurturing exchanges and mutual learning among civilizations. Let me start by talking about Egypt, one of the four ancient civilizations, as we say today. So, Professor, when you are here on an international forum regarding Confucius and Confucianism, what are some of the gifts of your civilizations and culture that you can bring to this discussion? I consider ancient Egyptian civilization and ancient Chinese civilization uh, two sides of one of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. Explain, please. So, uh, like all uh, sites of civilization and culture, you find in Egypt and also you find here in China. As we are now at the home of Confucius, we have also a lot of wise men and philosophers from ancient Egypt. So the royal pharaoh, the king of ancient Egypt, and his counselors must be uh, choose wise men to be at his council to give ad- advise him and give him the advice. So we have a lot of, uh, or a great library of uh, literature and instruction from ancient Egypt. We have a great library, a lot of uh, thousands of books from ancient Egypt talk about uh, literature and instructions like Confucius here. About Greece, so much to learn. From University of Aristotle, your name, your university's uh, name already convey the research that you are doing, Professor. Try to maybe more specifically give us one or two examples that you are comparing, for example, between uh, Confucius or Confucianism and Aristotle or Aristotle's uh, 
theories and quotes, and maybe to let our audience understand from a small entry, and yet they could see a bigger picture. So let's start with quotes, very famous quotes of Aristotle. The one is, all men desire to learn. Fantasy anthropy, we then on the fisi in Greek, all men. This is very important. It is not only important because it says uh, that uh, knowledge is a very important part of uh, our uh, place in, uh, in the world, but also because he says all, all human beings, he doesn't make any distinction. And this is something that has not been noticed by many scholars. That he emphasizes that uh, all human beings are the same, are equal. Today, this is a very important idea. The other quote of Aristotle is that uh, a human being, man human being, is a, nature, uh, is a rational and political. Anthropocene, zone, politicon, orthologicon. So he says that human beings have two distinctive characteristics, that we have rationality and we need very much rationality today in order to solve many, many uh, challenges and problems of our era, right. and also to know that uh, uh, man, uh, the human being has a meaning only if one thinks that is part of the society, can contribute to the society, and cannot live alone. How is your part of the world contributing to this comparison and also to the studies of uh, the mutual learning of civilizations? Sir? Perhaps before I even go to uh, tackle your question, I would uh, want to quote uh, one. I was reading the Latin of uh, Confucianism last night, and I was really caught by this uh, statement to say, I will not be afflicted, men not knowing me, but I will be afflicted if I do not know men. And that was very powerful to me because then I realized that I am a nobody if I don't mind people not knowing me. But if I leave China without knowing Chinese culture and its civilization, then I would not have done justice as a diplomat posted in China. Regarding your question back to the African continent, it is a fairly, a very large continent with very diverse uh, civilization. From different parts of uh, uh, the continent, you get different uh, cultures. But I guess the challenge we have, and I think my distinguished uh, authors here would agree with me, is very little is known about African civilization, and we only know Africa of today. But there was an Africa before the foreigners arrived in our continent. And the, our civilization has been largely overshadowed. Not that it doesn't exist. It has been overshadowed by the emergence of foreign civilization. And uh, if you relate it with Confucius' teachings about harmony with one another, harmony with nature, I can give you a specific example about Zimbabwe. We have over 70 uh, ethnicities in Zimbabwe. It's a fairly small country, 16 million people, but we have over 70 ethnicities who have been able to coexist peacefully amongst each other. And to imagine that a continent that was subjected to the brutal nature of colonialism and post-colonialism, we were able to even forgive those who inflicted pain and harm on us. Mr. Diaz, uh, coming from uh... Colombia, you are the only representative, it seems, coming from Latin America. I'm sure you have a lot to say about that. I, 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 like, to, I like, to, like to talk and tell you about the Latin American culture and Colombian culture. So our culture is really unique in 
the world because it's, it is a fusion of cultures. Latin American culture, even though uh, we, we belong to the Western culture, you know, because we were colonized by the Europeans and we received the influx of European culture, of that civilizations that really consider themselves as part of the nature, not, not separated from the nature. I think it's very important because even though the documents and the, the monuments were almost erased, but that uh, I encountered, of course, it wasn't at all, uh, everything was not negative, so we received a lot of, of good things from Europe, <laughs> very good culture, so without, without the Europe, we, we, we couldn't say we, we are a culture like Latin America, but the, it remained the, the traditions, you know. So the traditions are very important because our natives in Latin America, they think as similar as the Confuci Confucius thoughts expressed in Chinese culture. So they, they respect nature, they consider part of uh, they, they themselves of each other and part of a community. They work collectively, which is very important here also in Chinese culture and in Confucian right. philosophy. So I think there are very common roots in our Latin American culture and ancient civilizations. So tell me more about your response to some of the earlier comments. At this moment, how can we reflect upon what happened in history among us? through one way or another, and be able to put the differences aside and focus really on the common aspirations. I learned Chinese, and I do it since 50 years, and I more and more experience what rich culture China has, and the culture of the Shri Dafu, of the uh, traditional elites, and the literature, and all these kinds. And so this is... Uh, a very important resource for humankind. And but to give just one example, one of the most renowned philosophers in Germany, Jürgen Habermas, some years ago told me, the only thing I really regret that I never learned Chinese. And I think learning Chinese, or another important language with, which from another civilization, is very fundamental to prepare oneself to understand other civilization and also to prepare oneself to distance oneself from its own heritage, to understand the own heritage in a new way. And I think we have to have this interaction um, yeah, between otherness and, and selfness by learning the other, but also learning oneself again. Confucius once said, when you hear, when I hear, I forget. When I see, I remember. When I do, I understand. Maybe you can tell us how practicing and doing would help us here to learn from one another. Talking about practice, in ancient Greece, like in ancient China, philosophy was not just theory, speculation, metaphysics. Philosophy was a way of life. So in order to know that you've learned something, your life must change. You must cultivate virtue. You have self-knowledge in order to get ethical virtue, in order to build a city that is functioning well. So in ancient thinking, you have this model that is now being rediscovered. There is a whole tradition of philosophy, history of philosophy, as a way of life. And it's very difficult for us today, who are so much absorbed in our study, abstract reasoning and so on, to understand that philosophy should be with us in, you know, in the streets, in everyday life, 
we are confronted by challenges. And here, I go back to ancient thinking and how intellectual virtues collaborate with ethical virtues. That's a teaching of Aristotle, a wonderful idea. And you find it in Confucius in different ways. So you see why our center, we have built the center in, in Greece, we have founded the center for the comparative study of Greek and Chinese civilizations. And in China, there is our counterpart, a brother center or sister center. And we work together, start with philosophy, because most of us are philosophers and you know, we're interested in thought, right? but we're going to proceed to literature, history, art, archaeology, just in the two traditions. Tell me, what can we now really learn? You know, we, ha we see the desire to learn. We feel the necessity to learn. And now, what can we learn together about each other in this mutual learning of civilizations? Maybe you can bring us some concrete examples. Yeah, about mutual learning among civilization must be happening between among civilization since the ancient era when after the fall of ancient Egyptian civilization, so the Greek civilization came to learn and gain from ancient Egyptian civilization. After that, Roman civilization came to gain from Greek. This is the continuous of a civilization. Islam after that, so after that Islam culture and heritage transferred to Europe. Uh, so I deep respect of Chinese initiative of uh, Belt and Road that uh, revival again the uh, Silk Road, you know, Silk Road, which connect the different countries through different countries to uh, transfer the civilization uh, from start point from China until Europe, the end uh, station or the end point in Egypt. So my thinking about learning among civilization must be, and the modern civilization now is the result of this learning among civilization. So what can we specifically focus on? As a philosopher yourself, as someone who has been doing research on Chinese ancient uh, elite's uh, history, what are some of the things we can look at specifically? I think the one thing is that in Chinese tradition, uh, there is uh, a very strong element to look back, to try to learn from the ancients on the one hand. So Confucius said, Shu er bu so we should uh, keep our tradition and not make anything anew. On the other hand, he was also innovative. And these people were, uh, had many looks also to the borders of China. This is very important, how China regarded itself inside the greater world. And this leads me to one aspect, Belt and Road. The roads uh, have been between certain civilizations to centuries or even thousands of years. And the, the ancient Silk Road and so is an example of that. And I think the modern, we must pursue in the mod, our modern times, we must overcome the borders and we must reactivate the old roots we had experienced in the past, and they may bring us mutual understanding and also a, a better living of the people who are live, to just give one example, between China and Western Europe. There are so many 
ethnicities and people and landscapes, and we should be aware of the, uh, of the um, importance of these landscapes also in environmentally, and we just cultivate these uh, roads and roads and roads and landscapes with the people who are living in uh, the specific areas we are wanting to reconnect. Is there something that you are studying right now? I'm, my present study is the topic of distancing. Distancing, we must not, not just want to impose our own values on others, but we have to keep a, a kind of respect and distance to others and also to ourselves to learn anew, to uh, overcome the tensions we uh, have at present. You know that in, in the Western world there is uh, the, the, the saying of China as a systemic rival. I think this is a very misleading concept, but it's followed very much at present. And I think we should overcome these misconceptions. And they are also misconceptions not only on China, but also misconceptions on, on the European self. Just to give an example, when I was in China 40 years ago, we all were uh, agreed with uh, each other that China would not go away like Western Europe with so many cars and, our, uh, and, and highways and all this kind, because we thought this would be in unimaginable. The earth could not stand this development. And now realize that the earth can remain a livable place. We have to readjust our own concepts of living, consumption, and all this. And we have to start in Europe to learn and in America to learn and not to ask others to learn and to overtake our principles, but that we have to learn to readjust to this new situation, which means that the men are all equal. As you were talking, I was trying to find, uh, to pick up two, two topics that uh, would be of interest uh, today. So I think one topic is, uh, that comes from uh, Aristotle and Confucius, and I think one topic is the real uh, unification of politics and ethics. This is very, very important today, because uh, we can see globally, in the whole world, that there is a divorce in most times between politics and ethics. Politicians care about other things, not so much of ethics. So both for Confucius and Aristotle, it's very important to uh, practice politics, taking into account virtues and uh, all these uh, that uh, ethics demands from men. One uh, important thing. The other is education, which uh, the real word is in Greek, pedia, and it is used in English also, but they don't, uh, most countries and uh, people don't make, don't understand the difference between pedia and education. Pedia is the cultivation of uh, the personality of a person. Education is just to give uh, special qualifications to be successful, in uh, it's everybody's uh, profession. But pedia is very important for the cultivation of the soul and of the spirit and also of the character. So the politics also and politia should take care of this pedia cultivation so that uh, we prepare, we, we prepare uh, civilians 
that uh, they are very good in society, they contribute to society, and also we need some, uh, I always say that, that we need some teaching, some lessons to the politicians before they enter, they begin their political life. They need to take some lessons from Aristotle and Confucius and to know how they should uh, practice. We have seen over the past few years so much criticism about the others. Yet compared to that, the tasks of learning about the others before we criticize or praise, or just as a mutual partner. This is so crucial, as you said. Every one of us coming from very different background. So we see things with our own perspective, but that should not prevent us from seeking other perspectives. And only by knowing, and probably even empathy, beyond knowing, that we know better what is the real essence of discussion we are having today. What should we focus on? What do you think is very important as the mutual learning? I think the most important thing for mutual learning, first of all, is respect and peaceful dialogue. So I don't think that we can even aspire to learn something from someone else if we don't respect what they think, what they believe, or what, the way they live. So we need to understand the other way of, other's way of life if we, we really like to learn from them. So it starts from uh, learning from ourselves. Of course, we have to respect ourselves and learn from ourselves in order to respect the others. The other uh, important point is to, to conduct learning through peaceful dialogue. Because since I mentioned the uh, historical experience of Latin American civilizations and cultures, that imposing of any culture over other or that consideration that any culture is superior to other only leads to destruction and to, to block any kind of learning. So that's what really we need to avoid at this stage of history because uh, we have to learn also, we have to rely on the past. We have to learn from our ancient civilizations, our ancient cultures. For instance, in, in our culture in Colombia, so we have a, a very ancient uh, native, native culture that is called the Arhuaco, Arhuaco people. So the Arhuacos, they, they live in the, in the top of a very high mountain in Colombia that goes from the, the sea to 5,800 meters. It's called the Sierra Nevada of Santa Marta. And they consider themselves the keepers of the earth, the keepers of this earth, of our country. So, you know, in recent times, every president that is elected in Colombia, before take possession as a president formally in Colombia, they go to the Oracos to receive their blessings because otherwise they cannot keep the, the country in order and in peace, you know. So these Arakos, they consider themselves the elder brothers of the uh, rest of the Colombians. So I think this is a cultural respect, respect of earth, respect of others, not of contention, not of conflict, not of criticism. It's just a culture for understanding, respect, and peaceful dialogue. I think that's the most important thing to learn from other civilizations and cultures. If you which is what we also find in Confucius teaching, the spirit of Ubuntu. It is so powerful that it has managed to preserve us from extinction for generations to generations. But again, it is the confluence of different civilization. And I can imagine those who produced the, the movie uh, Clash of Civilization, whether the intention was to say there's a contradiction between civilization, but I think from the panel here, 
we are saying there is no contradiction in our civilization. And like what President Xi Jinping referred to as the Global Civilization Initiative, it is a celebration of our diversity. And I think the key word is when we talk about common value, there is mischief by some to think common value means the imposition of the emerging trend at that particular time, which is not correct. Common values should simply ascribe to the notion of respecting and celebrating our diversity because no culture is superior, no culture is inferior. And uh, something that I have learned here in China regarding some of the very common trends between that cuts across our different cultures. And one of the most important right. things before I conclude is to say the fact that something is not written doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I think this is where the gap about African civilization you only know about the Egyptian pyramids, the Great Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, the Cameroons, different historical sites across, dotted across Africa. The fact that there is nothing documented and written doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I want to thank all of you. Running from different parts of the world together is so wonderful to be in the same room again, talking about our shared world. With that, we're coming to the end of today's special program. I'm Tian Wei on behalf of my teams. Bye for now.